Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Uh, we've had, you know, many of you uh, have completed Acts 120 cards. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands of how many completed Acts 120 cards and what all this. I want to talk just for a moment, though, about Acts 120 and, and what it is and what we're doing and uh, kind of give you an overview of where we're at. So Acts 120, if you'll remember, many of you, uh, there at the beginning of the year, we put out a, a commitment, a challenge saying, Lord, we want to see, this is, this is our goal, 120 people who are, who are born again, people who are making disciples, 120 people who are members of the church, who are actively engaged, 120 people who are biblically tithing, and many of you have committed to that challenge. And, and part of that, on Easter Sunday, if you remember, on Easter Sunday, we're going to have a miracle offering. And, and one, of our, one of our leaders at the time of, of, uh, of praying about this, and, and we were just saying, Lord, what are you saying? What are you speaking with regards to the to this vision, this direction, and, and one of our uh, board members in our church and leaders in our church said, you know, I just really feel stirred that, that God is going to provide $100,000 through this miracle offering. And so, um, you know, you might look at that and say, wow, that's a big number. I look at it and say, with, with God, all things are, are possible, and the, and the resources to meet that are sitting in the pews. That's you. Everybody say, that's me. That's you. God has provided resources in you and through you to release and, and take care of the house of the Lord. And so um, we're believing for that. You say, well, what does that money do? That money uh, helps us position ourselves as a church in a, in a financial healthy position that we're able to pay the bills. You know, how many of you know if we don't have income, the lights don't turn on? If we don't, if we don't have if you don't tithe and give offerings, they're just very practical. Things don't happen, and so that's what that's all about, and making sure that our church and our facility is here as a, as a means of outreach and ministry to our community. We're seeing God do incredible things, and so we want you to be a part. You know, we have, if you think of it in terms like this, you know, if you go to your house, we talked about a couple of weeks ago that the grace of God is, is for us like a light switch. You can walk into your home, and you can flip the flip the light switch or turn on the faucet. You don't supply the water or the electricity, but you can, you can get into alignment with what's already there, what's being provided. And it's the same way with the grace of God. You can get into alignment with what God is already providing, what God is doing, and just turn on the faucet, turn on the light switch. And so this is an opportunity for you to do that. You know, some of you haven't stepped out in faith and said, you know, I'm, I'm going to align myself and come into membership with the church. And I need to, I need to be an official member. I need to come in and say, this is my church home. And get into a line. Flip that switch on and see the blessing of the Lord that flows into your life as a result of doing that. And then, you know, maybe it's giving. Maybe tithes and offerings is something that you've been lacking in. Flip the switch and see the grace. See the provision of the Lord. Amen? See the provision of the Lord that happens when you come into alignment with his flow. If you're, if you're out of alignment, how do you expect the blessing of the Lord to come into your life? All right? So you have to get into alignment. 
And so that's what we're doing. We're saying, Lord, we want people who are coming into alignment with your word and your vision, your direction for our church in this house. You know, it's awesome. We're seeing that happen. You know, many of you probably received the email this week, you know, just talking briefly about this. But many of you probably received the email saying that we're believing God this week for, uh, for an extra over and above $10,000. Anybody get that email and say, whoa, that's a lot of money or wow, God's going to provide that, maybe whatever spectrum you're on. And uh, you know what, when, when, when I sent that email, I have to tell you, as a pastor, that's not an email I like to send. I like to send emails telling you that we fed 65,000 meals in two years of Night of Hope. I like sending the emails about the 200 people born again. I, I like sending emails about all the healings and the miracles. But you know what? When I have the opportunity and it needs to be sent, it's my responsibility to say, hey, this is the house of the Lord, and we need to take care of God's house. And, uh, and I, I think you believe the same. You know, we're all, by the way, we're already over halfway to that extra number over and above the tithes and the offerings. And it's not, we haven't even received our offering yet today. So when, when, I, when I say that the Lord lays it on our heart and gives us the vision and the direction to do something, I know that he provides the resources to do it. And he has every single time. You say, well, pastor, I, I want to be involved with that. I don't know how. And we're asking, we're saying over and above, this is an offering, over and above your tithe. You know, it does us no good for you to give your tithe into the offering plate. We still have bills to pay. That's what tithes are for. Some of you don't understand this. That's why I'm talking. I'm not talking about money just to go on and on and on about money. I'm trying to help you understand. You got that? My job is your pastor is to help you understand. So tithes go to the bills, the salaries, everything that makes the church operate. And then the, the offerings are the over and above. So if you give your tithe to an over and above offering, it's, it's taking one pocket out of this pocket and just moving it over to that pocket and it's done nobody any good. So you need to hear from the Lord about what, what he wants you to do and what he wants you to give. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk about this real quick. If you got your Bibles, Judges 6, we're just hanging out. Judges 6. I want to show you something in Scripture. In, the, in a couple of weeks, probably in April or May sometime, I, I'm going to teach a series on this. I don't have time to get into it right now because we're, we're in the series on uh, the, the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. And how many of you are enjoying that? I, am, I know it's only been one week, but I am, I am having it's my own little awakening again again on Jesus on the cross and all the powerful uh, sayings and what Jesus did on the cross. So I, I hope you're enjoying. But Judges chapter 6, I want to. I just want to say something to you this morning, and I want you to hear it with your spiritual ears. It's time for you to walk in the purposes and the plan of God for your life. Well, I'm glad about half of you agreed. I said it's time for you to walk in the plans and the purposes of God for your life. Amen. Here in Judges chapter 6, ushers, you just sit for a moment. We're getting there. Judges chapter 6, we find the story of Gideon. Now, I don't normally take lo do long offering messages, but we, you might get a long offering message today. Not because of Acts 120 or anything else, but just because this word is bubbling on the inside of me today. And I think there are people that need to hear this. So Judges chapter 6, excuse me, Judges chapter 6, verse 3, it says, So it was whenever Israel had sown... The Midianites would come up, also the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them, and they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance for Israel. 
neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock, their tents, come, coming, in numerous, as, coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly, what's the word? <coughs> so that Israel was greatly what? Impoverished. Impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So here, here we find the Israelites, the people of God. Everybody say, the people of God. How many of you this morning are a person of God? You are, a, you are part of that number. You are a people of God this morning. This, this means you. This scripture applies to you. What we're looking at today, say it applies to me. So we find the Israelites, the people of God, are going about normal sowing and taking care of their, their resources. And what happens? Their enemy comes in to destroy their resources. Isn't that true of the enemy? Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. The enemy's plan is, A, he is a thief. Does anybody hear me this morning? A, he's a thief. He's a, he's a thief, and he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And so here we have the Israelites who are hanging out, camping out, going about normal sowing and reaping. No, notice, they are getting their seed in the ground. They're sowing their seed. And what does the enemy do? He comes and destroys their harvest. He's not destroying their seed. He's after their harvest. The enemy is always after your harvest because it affects your purpose and God's plan. And so he's, he's out to destroy their harvest. If we keep reading, they cry out to the Lord. And what is God's response? In verse 7, it says that the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of their enemy, the Midianites. Which, by the way, the word Midian means strife. So the enemy came in to cause strife in their life. We need to move out of strife in your life. <laughs> Get out of strife in your life. Walk in victory. That's my goal of this today is to help you walk in victory. And so it says that the Lord God of Israel, he says to Israel, this is what he says to the prophet that he sends them. I brought you up from Egypt. I brought you out of the house of bondage and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Pause for a moment. What did God say he did for them? I brought you out of bondage. I brought you out of the place of slavery. I brought you out of the place uh, and gave you, not only did I bring you out, I gave you their land. That is a word for you and I that God has brought you and I out of our place of slavery. We don't have to live paycheck to paycheck, broke, busted, disgusted, and, and sick and depressed and discouraged. That's not the plan of God for you. He brought you out of the land of bondage. He brought you out of the land of slavery. You don't have to stay there. Stop going back. We take on this Midianite mindset, this striving mindset, and it ends us up back in the place where we were, the slavery mentality, the bondage mentality, and God said, I brought you out of that. Stop going back. Yeah, that's good. 
Amen. So stay out of the Midianite mindset. Stay out of the striving mindset. Live in a place of victory. God's called you to live in a place of victory over your enemy. He says, but in verse 10, but you did not obey my voice. How do you end up back in the same old place, in the place of slavery, the place of bondage, back under the Egyptian hand? How do you get there? By disobedience. It looks something like this. You don't tithe. You don't give. You, you stay, and, and I'll show you this in, in a picture in just a second, uh, right here with Gideon. But you, but you hold on to, out of fear, what God has given you. You try to hide it. You try to squelch it and stop it instead of releasing it. But if you begin to, and this isn't just in the, in the means of finances. It's every area of our life. If you will begin to release what God has given to you, you'll see the blessing of the Lord on it. You'll see it flourish. You'll see it prosper. But holding on to it causes it to die. Now here we find, right in the middle of all of this, the Midianites keep attacking them. They've, they're impoverished. They're on welfare. They're dependent upon all the, all the government resources. Anybody hear me? They're on welfare. They're on, they're on all the depression mode. They're in the depression mentality. They're broke. They're, they're hurting. They're, they, everything that they set their hand to seems to have no fruit to it. I'm describing for you this morning the mindset and the operation of those who succumb to the Midianite mindset. This is the, you, know, you can call it poverty, you can call it lack, you can call it whatever you want, but this is, this is that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's operating in a poverty mentality, lack mentality, and God has called you out of that. He wants you to have a wealth mentality. I'm not talking about just finances and resources. I'm talking about a perspective that, that God is able to supply and provide everything that you and I have need of. And he has released every spiritual blessing that you and I have need of. I'm not just talking about finance. I'm talking about gifts, talents, resources, the finances, all those things are a part of it. But it's, it's a mindset, it's a perspective shift, it's breaking the old lies, it's breaking off the old patterns and cycles, and recognize who God has made you to be, and the supply that he's released into your life. Amen. Now, let me just keep going. So you got Gideon. Where's Gideon? He's hiding out. Verse 11 says he's hiding from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now, the angel of the Lord, we know, is the Old Testament. That's, the, that's Jesus in the Old Testament. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Now, I just want to pause there for a second because Gideon is not looking like a mighty man of valor right now. He's looking like a weakling hiding out in the wine press, terrified, over his enemies. Maybe you might be there this morning hiding out. Oh, I hope they don't see me. I hope they don't notice me. I hope that I hope that I don't have any trouble or problems or issues. And and for you, the best thing for you in that mindset, in, in that mentality is the, the greatest win for me today is that I don't lose. That's, that, that's where we find Gideon. And the, the greatest win for him that day was, oh, I hope they don't find me. 
I hope I don't lose this. And he's trying to hold on out of fear. And the Lord says to him, you mighty man of valor. Can I just pause on that note? I'm not, I, I don't want to go into great detail here. I'll get to this at some point in the coming weeks. But, but here, here is a, fierce, a fearsome, he's not fierce as in bold, but fear-filled man who sees nothing but weakness in himself, who sees nothing but weakness in his family. And God says to him, you mighty man of valor. Can I, can I just recognize something here and the power of operating in a place of honor and a place of, of uh, recognizing the value that God has placed on other people? All of a sudden, the words that the Lord speaks over Gideon releases life into Gideon. It begins, it's a seed that produces fruit. You and I, the words that we say can release life into those around us. You and I can say the words that build people up and release the plans and the purposes of God. Or you can say things that tear them down and keep them in bondage. Did you know that you can do that over yourself? You can say and begin to speak the word of the Lord concerning yourself and say, I am a woman or a man or a child of God. I have the purpose of God in my life. I have the DNA of heaven flowing through me, the power of God, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living on the inside of me. Does anybody hear me this morning? You got to begin to speak the word of God concerning your life. This might just be end up being my sermon today. Who knows? We'll see where this I'm going a lot longer than what I thought. And the Lord turned to him. Verse 14, the Lord the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midianites. Remember, he didn't even want to get out of the wine press. Poverty mentality, lack mentality. He didn't even want to get out of his place of fear. And Jesus is saying to him, you, the angel of the Lord, get up and go. And so I am going to say to you this morning as the prophet of the Lord say, get up. And go, engage in the purpose and the plans of God. You woman of valor, you man of valor, get up and run and, and take hold of all the blessing of the Lord that he has for your life. You have gifts, you have talents, you have abilities, you have resources. Every heavenly blessing has been made available to you. Get up and run. Do something. Do something with it. <coughs> Release it and see what God does. Gideon released. Once he got out of the wine press and got out of this Midianite mentality, we know what happened. He began to release the talent, the resources, the anointing, everything that God had given him through the years. He began to release it. And what happened? He was victorious over the enemy. And he says, verse 15, my Lord, I, how can I save Israel? I'm... I'm <laughs> My clan is the weakest. <laughs> and I'm the least, I'm the weakest of the weakest. Can I just acknowledge something there that, that Gideon is carrying around a mentality that he has learned. It's a lie that he has learned from his family. I find that one of the greatest, one of the greatest instigators, if you will, of this Fear, poverty mindset 
is, is things that we have learned, we've watched, we've observed in our own families. Things that we've picked up from watching our parents. You know, I often joke in marriage counseling situations that we spend the first 18 years of our life learning how we ought to behave and the rest of our lives unlearning what we learned the first 18 years of our life. Isn't that true? We, we learn how we ought to do things and we pick up hurts, we pick up failures, we, we identify ourselves with what we've been taught or what we've learned and all of a sudden we find ourselves operating according to a lie that we were never intended. For example, maybe somebody in your family told you you could never be good enough or you would never, and we pick up that lie and we begin, and 60 years later, we're still operating by a lie. We don't even know it's a lie, but we operate according to a mindset that has been centered around a lie we believed 60 years ago. And it keeps us in bondage. Gideon is in bondage because he's been taught, he's learned, our clan is the weakest, and I'm the weakest. You know what? That might have been a reality. But with God, all things are possible. It was time for a perspective change. It was time for him to stop living according to a lie and realize who God had called him to be. You will never step into the purposes and the destiny of God for your life if all you will see is the lie and the old way of doing things. But if you'll break out of the old way of doing things and just trying to survive, you're just in life trying to survive, just trying to make it. Let me give you an example. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is going to become my sermon. And I had no intention of that. So you'll have to forgive me. But obviously, uh, the Lord is speaketh. The Lord speaketh. <laughs> Let me give you an example. When you operate according to a, the, the difference between a poverty lack mentality versus God's supply mentality, if you'll just take this in a very natural, very natural carnal idea. But when, when people who are in, and we see this at Night of Hope all the time, but people who are, who are desperate, who are in survival mode, when, when it comes to food, what do they do? They want everything. They don't care if they eat it or not. They just hoard it. Let's just go stockpile and hoard it. Well, I want it all. You know, the, the poverty mindset says I have to take in, I have to hoard, I have to keep it for myself. But when you operate from a place of wealth, you're, you're no longer concerned about whether you have an abundance or you don't have an abundance. The mindset shifts. There's actually a study on this that shows that those who operate in a wealth mindset concerning their food say this. How is it presented? They don't care about how, the, how much. You go to those fancy restaurants, and what's the, what's the big thing when you get to a fancy restaurant? It's not how much food's on the plate. Lord, there's nothing on the plate. <laughs> You, go to, as in, you know what I'm talking about. You go to, you're going to pay 200 bucks for a meal or however much, and you go to those restaurants, and what do they do? You got three little scallops on a plate. <laughs> That's supposed to fill me up? How does that work? But it has, so it has nothing to do with the quantity. It's all about the quality. It's all presented nice and has all the fancy sauces and everything all over it. It's all about presentation. It's quality. Notice the difference. When, when you and I are stuck in a poverty mindset, it's all about survival mode. Take care of me. But when we look through the eyes of God and operate through his supply and his resources, we operate with the mindset of 
What is the quality of what we have? I want the richness of God. I want the fullness of his presence. I want the people around me to experience the richness and the goodness of God. It's not just about how much I can do. It's not about working. You see, the poverty mindset is I got to work my way into heaven. I got to earn God's approval. I've got to work to gain others' approval. Whereas the idea and this, uh, this liberty mentality of God's supply and his resource, I, I'm no longer operating by trying to earn something from God. How much can I give him? I'm just, I want the quality, the richness of his relationship. I want the fullness of who he is. I want the delicacies and the, 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 the delight of feasting at the table of the Lord. You see the difference? So this is, this is Gideon. He's, he's operating with the, the old pattern. But God says to him, I will be with you and you will defeat the Midianites as one man. Of course, we, we know the rest of the story with, with Gideon. But, but I want to capture something here before we receive our tithes and offerings and move on today. Uh, here's something really powerful. Gideon says to the, to the angel of the Lord, don't go anywhere. After they've had this conversation, Gideon has realized where he's at, where he's, where he's lacking, and he's having this revelation that he's been operating from a mindset of lack. What is his first response? He says to the angel, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Don't leave. Now, I, I've got to say, if I was looking at the angel of the Lord and, and having a face-to-face conversation with the Old Testament Jesus there, I, I, I don't think that I'm going to say, hold on, don't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go and I'll be right back. But that's what he does. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here. I'll be right back. And what does he do? He brings an offering. So Gideon went in and he prepared, verse 19 says, so Gideon went in, prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour, the meat he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought them out to the him, the angel of the Lord, under the terebinth tree and presented them. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand, and he touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. How do you break that lack, that poverty, that Midianite fear mentality? You have to give. There's one way out of it. It's giving. It's a spirit of generosity. It's putting your faith in God and trusting him, trusting his word. You, mighty man of valor, trusting him at his word and give. So get your seed in the ground and watch what God will do. That's the only way to break it. And immediately he begins to operate. Gideon, as soon as he gives, as soon as he has this revelation and he puts his faith in action, he engages his faith what does he do? He engages in what the Lord spoke over him, and he, he becomes the mighty man of valor that God's called him to be. What is the Midianite? I just want to recap a couple of things. I think this is important. The Midianite mindset, this mentality of lack, striving to, striving to live paycheck to paycheck, living in bondage is driven by fear. I got to hide out. I got to camp out. Driven by fear. The enemy wants to keep you in fear. If you can plant yourself, I said this Wednesday night, if you can plant yourself in the love of God, there's liberty, there's breakthrough. You see yourself as a son or daughter of the king and his supply. You become a joint heir with Jesus. All of the resources of heaven are available to you. 
So when you recognize that, you don't hold on and try to hide it and keep it keep from losing it. You release it. You let it go. You let it go. Can't keep it back anymore. You just let it go. You release it and watch the provision of the Lord. Your talents. You know, if you're if you're a <coughs> carpenter, we have a work day coming up. We need your involvement. You release your skill and and watch what God will do. God will bless your carpentry business. If you're a financial planner, do financial planning for someone in the church that doesn't understand. Just volunteer your time. Sow your time. Sow your resources and watch what the Lord will do. If you're a pharmacist, go tell people what to do with their drugs or not do and how to handle their business. And watch. God will bless your pharmacy business. Amen? That's right. I mean, you see it. You, I, I watch. I, I, you know, the Hawks are a great example of this. They, they give of their time. Every night, at, at Night of Hope, they're sewing and, and teaching people about the pharmaceuticals and medical and all. And they live abundant lives. They're, there's a blessing. I'm not saying that they're like millionaires or something, but they have the blessing of the Lord on their life as a result of it. Amen. So release what God's given you, your time, your resources. The Midianite mindset, this this lack mentality keeps you from realizing the potential of God in your life. You can't see your purpose. All you see is that you're the least qualified. Comments like, well, I'm not good enough. Or why would they want me to do that? Or why should I do that? I don't have the skills to do that. Well, somebody else can do it better than me. That's all the lack mentality. But when you operate from a place of wealth and the blessing of the Lord on your life, it's not arrogance. There's a difference between recognizing what God has placed in you and walking in arrogance. When you, I, hey, I recognize I am called of God. I have a calling of God on my life to pastor. I have a call of God on my life to prophesy and preach and, and, and apostolic calling and anointing of God on my life. I don't, I say that and I don't mean, you know I don't mean that arrogantly. I don't walk in arrogance of that. I understand though that that's who God has called me to be, what he's called me to do. And so I recognize the gift of God that's in me and I don't do what I'm not good at. You know, people get mad at me sometimes because I'm, I'm not good at, at doing hospital visits. I always say, you know, you don't want me to show up at your hospital. I'm the angel of death, supposedly. If I show up at your hospital visit, usually people die soon after. You know, those kind of, you know, I'm not, mer I do not operate in mercy. Let me tell you, I'll just, when are you going home? Well, how soon can you get home? Well, why are you laying in that bed? Come on, let's go. Now, Pastor Angie, on the other hand. Pastor Angie is Miss Compassion. She'll, she'll sit there and rub your hand and put the cold rag on your head and talk to you and bring you flowers. And she'll spend her whole day talking to one person in the hospital. Drives me crazy. I'm like, come on, you got things to do. But that's her gift. She's, she's Miss Compassion. There's, there's nothing wrong with rain. And I'm not saying I don't come to the hospital. I do go to hospitals. But, but the reality is I understand what my gifts are, what my strengths are. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with recognizing, hey, my gift is a teaching gift. If that is true, then teach your little heart out. Get in a small group. Lead a group. Lead a Sunday school class. Co-lead. Get involved. If you're, if you're whatever your gift is, do you hear what I'm saying? Engage with that. See the potential of God in your life.
He created you and deposited in you gifts and talents and resources that are used to build up his church. Can I, can I just add a tag onto this? If, if you don't, if you stay camped out in the wine press like Gideon, do you know what will happen? One, God will find somebody else. He always does. I mean, just reality. God will find someone else. That's what he said to Esther. I'll find someone else. But if you stay there, you will miss your opportunity to see and be a part of what God is doing globally for his kingdom. You see, this is bigger than just the four walls of this church. What we're doing today is bigger than the four walls of this church. Why you're here is bigger than the four walls of this building, and it's bigger than Akron. Do you hear me? You thought you were coming to Celebration Church just because it was the place close by. No, that has nothing to do with it. You're here because God has an intention for you to be a part of what he's doing in the earth. God has an intention for you to be a part of, and you've got to begin to release your potential and your purpose to engage with what God's doing in the earth. If you keep silent, if you keep quiet, there's a gift, there's a talent, there's an anointing, there's, a, there's an expression of the goodness of God that isn't being released. The Midianite mindset, this lack mindset focuses on what you don't have and what, instead of what God's provided. When you begin to see, what has God given me? I want you to ask yourself that. What has God released in my life? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about the resources? I'm not just talking about finances, although that's part of it. But what about the talents, the skills, the time, the call? Some of you, God has called you and out of, because of this fear mentality. When I say call, I'm specifically referring ministry. In, in ministry leadership, maybe it's serving in a leadership role in the church or maybe five-fold ministry, out of fear, you have not stepped in to what God, you've been fearing. What? Well, I just don't want to lose what I've got. And you'll never get what God's got because you've now bound yourself up in a place of fear. This Midianite mindset stays connected to disbelieving generational cycles. You gotta break out. Well, I just gotta hoard. I gotta keep it. I've gotta I gotta stay lack mentality because that's what I've been taught. You know, we're we're more spiritual because we have less. I'm more spiritual because I operate in life. Who said that? Is that in the scripture? No. But we learn that lie and it keeps us in bondage to cycles and lies we've learned from people that we've respected. And then the, the last thing that I want to say about this Midianite mindset is it drives you into the backlash. It drives you into a place of obscurity. We call it around here blipping off the radar. When, when all of a sudden somebody's engaged and, and God's moving and things are happening, you see, you can watch it. God's doing something powerful in their life and they haven't broken off that old pattern of fear. You see that fear rising up. And all of a sudden, the person that was engaged and God was moving in their life and breakthrough was happening, that fear rises up. And all of a sudden, they start disappearing. We call it blipping off the radar. They just start step by step. They're going off like the, the airplane radar that keeps circling around. You just see them bloop, bloop, bloop. And you're like, okay, where are they going off to? Where are they disappearing? What's happening is that fear has risen up 
instead of breaking the lie and walking in the purpose and the plan of God, that, that fear will drive you into a place of obscurity. And what happens is you lose your connection with God, you lose your connection with the body of Christ, and you begin to find yourself in a place of spiritual apathy and laziness, hiding out all because of fear. Yuck. Yuck. Everybody say yuck. That's gross. <laughs> you don't want to live there. You want to live in the blessing and the breakthrough of the Lord. And so this is what Gideon says. After all of this happens, after all of this happens, he built an altar, verse 24. He built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it, what does he say? The Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. He's moved out of his fear. He's moved out of his lack. He's moved. And listen, you can see this generational problem when, when Gideon is, what does God say? Get rid of all the, all the men who, who what, they, you know, they are fearful. Send them home. 10,000 go home. Whoa, what's going on? You know, they, they act like, like uh, dogs instead of kings at the water. Send those guys home. You see the cycle. This is a, this is a total uh, camp. This whole camp, this whole tribe is operating by this mentality. But there was one man who in the middle of the whole tribe, and maybe I can say it like this, there was a church in the middle of a whole city that God raised up and said, we will not surrender to a spirit of lack and poverty and, and impoverished mentality anymore. We will not give in to the impoverished mindset anymore. We are rising up as the body of Christ and saying that God has breakthrough, he has provision, he has blessing. It's time for this city, it's time for this region to walk in their purpose and their identity. It's not where this region is not known for being the drug capital of the world. This it's time for this region to stop being known as drug capital, drug city. It's time for this region to stop being known as the as the suicide region. It's time for these bondages to break off. Listen, I'm telling you, it's time for this city to rise up and be who God's called it to be. Now, that happens because a church of people who will say, I'm not giving in to the old way of doing things, rises up and begins to live different. That's how it's broken. It doesn't happen because a mayor says we're going to do something different in our city. It doesn't happen because the governor says we're going to do something. And all those things are great. But it happens. It starts. It begins in the house of God. Yeah. It begins in the house of God. Amen. So, <laughs> now that I've just preached the whole day on, on Midian, and I'm supposed to be in a series on the, on the seven sayings of Jesus... Holy Spirit, did you just blame him? <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to walk in your purpose. I want you to walk in the blessing of the Lord. Right now, there are, there are those who are hearing me. And just as I was preaching this, it was like the Lord just started, ooh, you felt that. The Holy Spirit just began to illuminate things in your own heart. I've said that. I've thought that. Oh, I think that. <laughs> oh, I, I operate like that. Or, oh, wow, I've seen that in my family. And, wow, I picked that. The Holy Spirit just began to illuminate those things. That's the power of the word. But here's how you respond. Just like Gideon, it's time to build an altar. It's time to build an altar and offer a sacrifice. It's time to bring an offering and say, Lord, I'm breaking off the chains of my past. I'm breaking off the chains of my past. 
And so what I'm going to, I'm going to take a bold step and I'm going to ask you to hear me. I want you to prepare an offering. We're going to receive an offering. I want you to prepare an offering and say, Lord, you have spoken to me. I'm breaking off the chains of my past. Lord, I am not living by the by the mindset of lack, I'm not living. I'm releasing the seed. Listen, it doesn't matter an amount. I'm not one of those preachers going to tell you, you got to give $1,000 and God's going to pay off your mortgage. Baloney. He might, and thank you, Lord, if he does. But that's not my job to tell you that you need to hear from the Lord. But what I will do is I will instruct you on the word of God. And we see it very clearly here in Gideon, and we see it through all out, throughout Scripture. Bring your offering to the Lord, and the blessing of the Lord will be on it. And I promise you that as you begin to give, some of you need to set it in your heart. You need to write out your scripture, put it on your fridge, stick it in your wallet, stick it in your purse, whatever you got to do, and say, I am breaking the curse of poverty off of my family. I am breaking the curse. I am living in my potential. I am living in my purpose. I'm living in the blessing of the Lord. I'm living in the abundance of the Lord. And you begin to sow. So today as we give, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this over you, and I'm going to ask you to agree with me in prayer as you give your offering today, whether it's check or cash or on Givelify or our website, whatever. I want you to pray with me and agree with me that this mentality is going to be broken off of your life today. This, this is a start and a journey of walking in the provision of the Lord. Now, some of you, as we go to pray, the Lord's going to speak to you about your giving. He's going to say, you know, you need to give over and above the tithe, or he may give you a number. I had somebody this week send me that, and they said, you know, I feel like the Lord told me to give, and it's a big number, and it's very uncomfortable. And I just, and my response is, the Lord actually had a few people tell me that. And I, my response is, the Lord bless you. You give it and watch his abundance. It has, listen, it, it has nothing to do with me. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. My job is to get you, I said it earlier, into a place of alignment so blessing can flow. And that's what we're doing this morning. Amen. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.